evening, hello, and welcome to season two, episode 35 of the Big at the Back FPL podcast. My name is Tom, and I am joined by Matt. Matt, how are you? How do you know it's evening when whoever's listening to this is listening to it? We're recording in the evening, that will do. <laughs> okay, close. I'll let you have it. Um, I'm all right, thanks. Yep, it's another... Um, Week in the books, and we've got a very quick turnaround going into game week 33, um, less than 24 hours before the deadline as we're recording this. So, um, yeah, it's a tight turnaround. Um, how are you? I know, obviously, you uh, haven't had the best of weeks, um, mm. not not just in FPL. <laughs> <laughs> well, in FPL, it's not been too bad, I'll have you know. Uh, I, I will come on to the free hit results in a minute. Um, but otherwise, yeah, New York trip got called off which was a big shame but we move uh men on the plus side i could watch way more football that is i mean every cloud does as a silver lining doesn't it Uh, i'm sure your wife sees it that way as well well when she saw the two north london games i'm sure she did and yep believe you me we are going to talk about both of them because Arsenal said we are the biggest losers of the weekend, then Spurs said, hold my beer. And it was incredible. Uh, it, this is this weekend was a true North London bottle-off. And <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was fantastic to, to watch and follow. Uh, I, I just can't believe it. It's As a West Ham fan, it's been a fantastic weekend. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, the Spurs game and the West Ham game were on at the same time. We were on WhatsApp saying, what a time to be a West Ham fan. Uh, I think your comment was, this is the best day of my life. I think it, yeah. Um, I would say, apart from the wedding day, but I think including the wedding day, it was the best day of my life. Including the wedding day. I mean, I would forgot my trousers on your wedding day and I certainly had them on here. (laughs) Um, so let's jump into FPL. Uh, you weren't on a free hit this week. I think you're happy there's a quick turnaround just so you can get on to the next one, right? Um, I had a good week. Um, because you? you're cons- up there halfway through. Oh, you yeah. had Isaac, didn't you? I did have Isaac. Um, so considering I uh wasn't free hitting, um, I got 66 points um, with a four point hit, so 62. Um, 20 above the average. Um, I will take that all day long, having not been on a free hit. Defence did nothing. Zinchenko was zero. Uh, Emerson didn't play. And Trippier, me and Everson with two points apiece. Uh, but going forward, it was overall a success. Um, my two Palace attackers, the only ones that didn't get any returns with Eduard and Lise, but Saka 13, um, Salah doubled up to, with, to 14 as my captain, Bowen 6, Martinelli 9 and Isaac 13. So, um, yeah, overall for a non-free hitter on that game week, very happy. And a green arrow, which is the most important thing, I think. So um, heading slowly towards that top one mil. If I can finish the season in the top one mil, um, God, could you imagine if I'd said that at the start of the season? Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it at this point. What about you? Um you were slightly better and you were free hitting. So how'd it go? Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure whether this can be considered a successful free hit or not. Like, it's fine. It will do. Um, so 69 points. Uh, nice. Nice indeed. I've got Johnston with 10 in goal. What a pick he was and what a great asset he was. Um, probably won't be looking to bring him in, um, being frank, because we don't know if that place is going to be his 
once their main goal hit Gratia comes back. You're um, not Frank, you're Tom. The silence is deafening. Do you hear the tumbleweed? <laughs> um, um, yeah, Saka and Martinelli and Salah, everyone had them. My differentials that came in are I doubled up on the Palace defence with Anderson. He got six and I had Bowen in the middle as well. Annoyingly, my bench, I had Nico Williams with six and Tony with nine. And if I could only start two defenders, I would have benched Samedo for Tony. It's just one of those things. And Watkins with two and Tony with nine was just very typical of that game. I didn't. I know we were speaking about it on the pod. I didn't go for uh, Diego Lotta and Eze. And I wish I did because Gakpo showing up with one point is just bloody annoying in a game where Liverpool scored three. That's one of those classic uh, FPL 50-50s. It's a coin toss. One week it'll work out, the next week it won't. Mm. Um, and the thing is, like, with those Jota, Gakpo, there's... What I know say? that... Yeah, there's that, there is that rotation risk as well, so you never really know who's... I know they are probably the preferred three, but with the games coming thick and fast, Jota still sort of on the comeback trail from injury. Gakpo probably was the safer pick, but these things come back to bite you in the ass sometimes and it's just uh, frustrating for you. Yeah, and I guess there was also the fact that Gakpo as a midfielder gets an extra point for each goal scored, gets the extra point for the clean sheets. I just figured there was probably slightly more upside. What I you, you ever considering Liverpool getting a clean sheet? Fucking hell. Yeah, I'm not moving on their defenders quite yet. Uh, I'll tell you that much, especially with the form that West Ham are in at the moment. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm fine with it. What's really just irritating is that I moved Isaac out on my free hit because that Spurs Newcastle game, I didn't want to touch it with a barge pole. Beforehand, I couldn't call it. Fourth versus fifth. And then the game actually happened. <laughs> I've got to say, I never considered Murphy on my free hit, so not bothered by that. But I'm, I'm blown away by what happened. It was incredible. So uh, I'm... I'm going to talk about sort of briefly about both North London teams here. So for both games, um, I missed. Well, I didn't miss, but so for the first ten minutes or so of the Arsenal game, I was at the cinema on Friday, and I came out. Um, and as I opened my phone, it was one nil because obviously it was in the first minute. And then I was walking to the car, got in the car, looked again, and just as the second goal went in, I was like, "Oh my god, what is happening here?" And then. Similarly, with the, the Spurs game yesterday, uh, so I got out of the cinema, um, been cinema all the time this week. I got out at pretty much bang on five to two, so just in time. Wife was driving, so I got the West Ham game up on my phone. Do not disturb, so I don't get anything coming through spoiling it. Um, get home, put the TV on um, for the West Ham game. Uh, I mean, I uh, I didn't put the TV on to watch the West Ham game because there was no way of watching it. Uh, <laughs> and, and then I, I opened um, Twitter and my and WhatsApp and everything was going off. I was like, what the hell is happening here? And yeah, 10 minutes in, Spurs are 3-0 down. And I just spent the next sort of 15 minutes laughing as it got worse and worse. It was quite incredible, wasn't it? Um, it's come out today that Ryan Mason has now taken over as interim. I can't wait for him to lose the next three games and then another interim to come and replace Ryan Mason. <laughs> so they've got, I'm going to say this is a caretaker manager to replace an interim manager <laughs> who replaced 
someone that was already leaving at the end of the season anyway. <laughs> like, how far do these Russian dolls go and what's the end point? It's got to be, ha- like, I'm pretty sure Harry Kane's got to manage them on the last game of the season. That's where yeah. this is going. That is exactly where this is going. And then he'll leave in the summer. <laughs> oh, he's definitely going. Like, if you're Harry Kane, you're not staying, are you? United come in with a big offer. You have to push for a move. I'm surprised he didn't hand in his transfer request at half-time. Well, that <laughs> seems as though that's what Hugo Lloris did. <laughs> well, he might have done. You never know. Um, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. But there's no way Harry Kane will actually leave because he's one of their own, Matt. That is true. That is true. And the thing is, it's worth mentioning as well, as bad as Spurs were, and they were very bad, Newcastle tore them apart. Like, admittedly, Jelitton's goal was just a long ball over the top, but Willock's ball with the outside of his right foot uh, through to Isaac for the fourth was just sublime. Yeah, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Um, sticking with Spurs, because funny. Um, I think... There was a point where I was going to move a bit around to have Son on my free hits, uh, just as a bit of a gamble, and you talked me out of it. But he he looked absolutely dreadful. I don't I don't think if you're coming into that Spurs team, I think you sell him wins on straight away. I think Harry Kane probably goes, you probably sell him, but you also sell him wins on. Buy new attackers to go into that team. Probably need a bunch of new midfielders as well. Hoiberg's a terrible footballer. Pasuma hasn't worked out. Benton Kerr's good, but he's injured all the time. I, that needs a whole new midfield. It feels like whoever comes into it's it's, it's going to need a re, like almost a full rebuild. Um, it, they're currently at the point where Man U were eighteen months ago, I think, um, where there is going to be a real need to sort of get rid of the deadwood. And you look at their defence at the moment, Romero is the best of a bad bunch. Um, and he's a walking booking at any at the best of times. Um, so he's always... I, I really think Christian Romero is a really, really top-class centre-back. I think. Yeah, really- I think I think he is, but he's just got to work on that tendency to pick up stupid yellows and, often, and sometimes stupid reds as well. Because um, yeah. that often leaves him sort Eric, of even further behind the eight ball. Eric Dyer, you'd say, has probably been a solid centre-back for them this year. Um, a fullback Perisic should know what he's doing given the experience he has and they also had Pedro Porro on the other side who's come in really exciting all the Spurs fans and you were really excited by him being signed so I just think there was no excuse that Hugo Norris has been dreadful I was saying in our chat we've been saying it for six years he's been awful it's not six years it is come on it's not bearing in mind and I know it's a, it's a different kettle of fish, but the last two World Cup finals, he's won and been the runner-up. Um, so he, he, the last, I'd say, two years, he's been bad um, with glimpses of what he once was. But the, the problem is they, they, they switched to a back four, which with Poro and Perisic as your fullbacks isn't going to work because they want to push up and that left space in behind, which we saw for Joe Linton's goal. Um, with the, just a long ball over the top. He ghosted off the back of Porro in, in behind the centre-halves and took it round the keeper nicely and finished nicely. But, yeah, I think I can't remember who it was um, writing about it, saying that no switch in formation can legislate for what happened in that game. It was just absolutely awful. So they have to come back now with Ryan Mason. They play um, on Thursday night and they've got Man United. So it's out the frying pan into the fire. 
Man United away as well. So they're going into Old Trafford. Um, uh, no, no, it's at Spurs. Oh, is that? Oh, it's up. Yeah. I was about to say White Hart Lane then, but it's not White Hart Lane. The new White Hart Lane. New the Tottenham Hart Hotspur Lane. Stadium. Oh, what a nonsense name. Um, <laughs> let's talk about FPL then, because as much as we want to speak about Spurs and the fact that their entire football project over the last 10 years has been, let's get a good manager. Right, no, 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 no. A good stadium. They've got a really good stadium. A, a star manager. That's been their whole football strategy. We just and one of their own. Mourinho's and Conte's, and they'll have one of their own there the whole time. Um, we're, we're lingering the point here. Um, FPL, Game Week 33. It's coming up tomorrow now. We're recording Monday evening. It's coming Tuesday morning. So... Who are the teams we want to be targeting? And what are your plans for transfers? What's your plan for 33? It's really difficult at the moment because I think any any transfers you have to make now are obviously more geared towards 34, mm-hmm. um, unless you're like wild card in, into a bench boost or something like that, which some people still have both. So fair enough. Um, yeah, it's, it is a difficult one because you've got to look ahead if you haven't got whatever, like a wild card or a free hit left. Um, I know some people do have free... Um, I think my brother, for example, is free hitting um, this weekend. So, yeah, pe- if people are doing that, then that's one thing. But And the big one is Arsenal and City play each other this midweek, which obviously is a decider in the title race. But also in terms of FPL assets, I've currently got two City and three Arsenal. And that's a tricky situation to be in. And you feel like you can't bank on the Arsenal assets at the moment, especially against City now. So, and Arsenal don't double um, in 34. Their next four fixtures are City, Chelsea, Newcastle and Brighton. So do, are we moving off Arsenal? Oh yeah, 100%. I've got Zinchenko, who's going to be my third sub this week and I'm going to be moving off him for 34 to free up funds. I think we're 100% moving away from Arsenal players right now. Yeah, you can probably for these next four weeks, and then yeah. if you want to get uh, anyone back in, I'm 100% be bringing uh, Saka and probably Jesus and probably Martinelli back in for the last couple of games, 100%. But for now, yeah, I, I'm completely off them for the next four. It's hard to know as well because, you, like, by those last two games, if the league's over, you don't know what they're going to be like. Mm. Um, Forest away, Wolves at home, the last two games, two teams that might still have something to play for as well. Yeah, you never know. And Forrest could put a spirited performance in. But yeah, I think as far as Game Week 33 goes, I think your City assets are fine. They've got a really nice double in 34. Then they've got Leeds and Everton. Then a nice-ish double in 37. Then the toughest game is Brentford away. Brentford, who are going to be on the beach at that point. So I, I think City, you hold for the rest of the season. I've currently got Stones, Harland and Grealish. So I'm going to be starting Stones and Harland at at least this week. What are your thoughts at the moment for your squad and transfers? Do you have anything lined up, given the City and Arsenal assets you've got? I'm thinking I'm going to hold my transfer for 33, which I don't love because I don't love my squad. Um, The only thing I could do is maybe move off um, one of the, the Arsenal assets now um, for someone that's got a more favourable fixture. So I could take Zinchenko out for someone that's got a good fixture and then a double. Um, so, I mean, I would say a, a Liverpool defender, but 
that's a bad idea. Uh, so maybe I bring in like an Estupignon or someone like that. Um, but I, the thing with Brighton as well this week, I know they've not got the toughest fixture, but 120 minutes at Wembley on Sunday and the disappointment of losing out on penalties, it's going to be hard for them to bounce back. Agreed. But the if there's a fixture that they're going to bounce back in and going to get angry at, it's Nottingham Forest, who themselves are probably quite deflated after playing really well at Anfield, that they should have got something out of it, realistically. Um, we'll get to that in a minute, but I think Brighton are a great option. I also do think that Kalichi Ian Nacho could be an option. He's on penalties. Leicester, Leicester have got something to play for. The next games are Leeds, Everton and Fulham. Kalichi Ian Nacho on FPL. I just don't think you can bring anyone in at the moment that's not doubling. Yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, anything like that is a sideways move at best. So any transfers you're making this week or into 34 has to be for someone that doubles in 34. Can't I tempt you? No, you can't. <laughs> I know so, you can tempt yourself because it's Ian Nacho. You'll do anything to get him in. So I do think Brighton are the way forward. They've got three doubles between now and the end of the season in 34, 36 and 37. And yes, that 36 double is a really, really tough one, but it's still a double game week. So you still want three of them in. So I think get it, getting Brighton early is a really good option. That is mad. But, three doubles in such a short time span, isn't it? Could, would you be looking at Matoma for one of the Arsenal boys? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about as well. Oh. Um but like, so maybe Saka out. Um, I do want to look at getting Rashford back in as well. Yeah. So it could it could even be like a minus four going into the double. Uh, I, I feel would, like... I would hold off on getting Rashford back in on the basis of he's just played 120 minutes when he's just come back from injury. See how he looks against Tottenham would be my thinking because you can always wait a week and Tottenham away... As much as we laugh at them, they're going to bounce back somehow, aren't they? So Yeah, they're, they're getting a new manager bounce. <laughs> <laughs> they might lose 7-1 instead of 6-1. Um, yeah, no, I, um, Rashford, I, won't, I won't be getting Rashford in this week. Um, mm-hmm. He's more looking towards the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, going into the double, because it's not the best double in the world with Villa and Brighton, but it's a double and Rashford is just... I know he's coming back from injury, but he's the man in form for United. It just feels like if they're going to make things happen, they've got to go through him. Yeah, I agree. Um, My thought process at the moment for my team, so just to read off what my team is looking like for this week, it's Neto in goal, um, then Stones, Trippier and Estupignon at the back, then McAllister and Matoma, Fernandez and Madison across the middle, then Kane, Haaland and Isaac up front. My thought process is, oh, Grealish first sub, by the way. So I think I'm going to hold my transfer to roll it. So I've got two next week. And I'm my initial thinking is with those two transfers, take Madison and Kane to Salah plus a striker. And I'm not sure who that striker should be yet. Ian Atcho. He's on the table. Ian Atcho is on the table because if you look at the teams at double, none of them really have a striker. 
Uh, it's Man U. I'm not getting Martial at their cost. Don't don't say it. I'm not going to get their cost. Uh, <laughs> um, Man City. I'll already have three players, and Haaland's there. Brighton. I'll already have three players. Mikel Antonio. Oh, he's on the table. Mikel Antonio. Is he starting every game at the moment? I'm sure he he's has not. been. Yeah, he started in Europe. He started in the league. Scored in both. Um, yeah, and he has. Pl- he's playing better than he's played in quite well all season. He's in. I'm gonna see how he looks on Wednesday, but he's definitely an option because they've got the double in 34. Then, admittedly, they don't double in 37. But I can just bench him for that. So, yeah, Antonio is on the table for me as a striking option. I'm also debating whether to take another minus four and move Bruno down to Rashford. Will Rashford over two games get five or more points than Bruno? Probably. Especially seeing as Fernandez um, went off injured on Sunday as well. So you, there is the possibility. I think the rumour yeah, I'm not he might miss Thursday, but will probably be okay for the weekend. So, yeah, I, he's not flagged or anything on FPL at the moment for Thursday. So, I think he'll probably be okay. And Fernandez does play all the time. He's been points dodging like no tomorrow. I feel like yeah. a is coming. He's on penalties. Like, surely now Casemiro's back as well. Surely there is a haul coming. I feel like I've had the faith this long. I may just go without Rashford. The, the other crazy alternatives are to go without Salah for the double in 34, to take Madison to Rashford, then take McAllister to Gakpo. You're so then, making this up on the spot. And then take Iverson to Steele. Because then I would have a doubling goalkeeper as well. The only thing with Steele at the moment is I don't know if he's oh. going to play because Sanchez mm. had a good game on Sunday, um, did keep a clean sheet. So yeah, that is a tricky one. Um, yeah, I, I agree. So I, it's a bit. I feel like there is no way you're going into this double without Mo Salah. Like you of all people are not going into this without Mo Salah. I could, I could do it. You could, but you're not going to. It's you could bring him out Vacost, but you're not going to. It's on the table. It's actually a lot of it depends on McAllister. Um, because if he's playing as a more central defensive midfielder, I'm not really interested. But if Veltman is back, which he came on, so he is. If Veltman's back, it means Gross comes into that CDM spot, which means McAllister goes further forward. And that means that McAllister's a much, much better option. So uh, I'll be very, very closely watching the Brighton game on Wednesday just to see how they line up because I think a lot could depend on McAllister. I'm also, I mean, I'm not opposed to moving Trippier out, but I'm not going to do it before 34. Like Trippier and Isaac are in my team. They're going to be on my team for the bench moves. That's, yeah, that's absolutely happening. So I don't know what I'm talking about there. Yeah, and they, it is a shame that Newcastle don't double in 34 because the one game they have got is Southampton at home, which is a good fixture. And they double in 36 with Leeds away and Brighton at home, which isn't a bad double as well. So, Very good double, actually, because um, um, it's Brighton playing. Yeah, so it's, um, it's that's a good one to keep an eye on. Like Isaac, yeah, he's not getting anywhere at the moment, is he? He is in some serious form. 
Uh, and although they haven't kept a clean sheet in a while, you feel like these next two games are games where they definitely can do. So, I mean, they only really conceded the obligatory Kane goal at the weekend, didn't they? Because Kane has to score. Um, but, I mean, Everton aren't exactly free-flowing and Southampton are Southampton. Um, so, you feel like a Trippier Hall is incoming. He's lo- He's overdue. Yeah, I'm almost certainly going to be holding my transfer this week. I did toy around with it, but actually by holding, I'll give myself more options for the weekend, more options for 34. So that's my thinking at the moment with it. Um, I do want to make the argument for the next three games. If you want to be different or you want to be bold and you've got Haaland up top, you could do much worse than bringing bringing in Solanke and Ianacho. Two cheap striking options, both under six million, could both be really, really good differentials. As could Antonio, actually, um, who is on the table. Annoyingly for me, um, yeah. You know what? That that's probably what I do. Oh, I've convinced what I do. Um, depending on how the Liverpool game goes, obviously. So if Ing- Danny Ings starts, then no, it's not on. But if Antonio is starting and he looks strong, then why not? Let's give him a go. He could get something in the Palace game. He'll be on my bench after that anyway. So, yeah, why not? I mean, like I say, he, he's looking a lot better at the moment. He's sort of running those channels like he used to before and starting to bully defenders a little bit. So I'm maybe I'm just, you know, a naive West Ham fan who's convinced that the good times are back um, after <laughs> are, a few good results. Are. Spurs got battered. Um, I did enjoy as well the West Ham fans seeing Tottenham get battered at their game. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. I think they were having a very good time down on the south coast. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean Antonio in terms of form, uh, just going to find out exactly where he's been recently. Da-da-da. But he scored. Yeah, he scored on Sunday. Scored um, against Ghent on Thursday as well. So. That's two and two. And then prior to that, uh, no, he's been scored, he's, most of his goals have been in Europe. But yeah, three and three. Um, well, three and four, sorry. He scored in both ties against Ghent. And it's worth a punt, isn't he? Because I'll just, I'll take him out and, or just have him on the bench for the rest of the season after that. Except for that Leeds game in 37, actually. I'll play him then. But yeah, I think he's just a bit of a let's have some fun pick. So, why not? Yeah, I feel like I should have got points for a Cresswell's. He got 12 at the weekend, and mm. I've got Emerson, so it just feels like I should have got those 12 points. Yeah, so talk me through that with West Ham at the moment. Why are, Why is Creswell playing again? Like, Is that a thing now? Is that happening? I think it's, it's entirely fixture-dependent. So, Bournemouth, he played a back four, um, which he tends to suit Creswell playing as the left-back over Emerson because he's more of a wing-back than a full-back. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if on Wednesday against Liverpool we revert to a back five and you probably see um, Creswell could play left of the back of the three, um, but you'll see Emerson start in that, I would imagine, if we go to a back five um, because he's likely to be a little bit more cautious against Liverpool. But, yeah, it's just one, it's a timing thing, really. We decided to switch to a back four, which gives us a little bit more going forward, which has obviously worked. Um, and we kept a clean sheet, which is unheard of. <laughs> I mean, quite a few in a row now. I think 
in, in the last five games in the Premier League, West Ham have got four clean sheets. Uh, three, and then um, where well, was one in the double? Yeah, so then... one in the double. Um, so let, let's have a look. Actually, fixtures West Ham. So a clean sheet against Bournemouth. Then before that, it was a two-two with Arsenal. Um, then before that, it was a clean sheet against Fulham when you beat them one 0 Before yep. that, it was a clean sheet against Southampton when you beat them one 0 and before that, I have to go back two game weeks. Uh, it was one one with Aston Villa, so three in the last four. Not bad, uh, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Like, is there anyone defensively we should be looking at? Maybe Kurt Zuma. Uh, I'd say Zuma's the most Zuma and Aguirre, probably the two that will start pretty much every game. Um, it seems as though he's reverted back to Sue Fowler right back again. He picked up an assist. Both of West Ham's fullbacks picked up assists. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's like I say, it's hard to know how he's going to line up against Liverpool, though. But again, I'd probably not against Liverpool. Like, we're not going to keep a clean sheet against Liverpool. And then Palace and City in a double. We might keep a clean sheet against Palace, but we certainly aren't keeping a clean sheet against City. Well, let's talk about Liverpool then for a moment. Trent with four assists in three games in this new position. However, still leaving a lot to be desired defensively. Um, I'm I'm wanting to wait before I look at even going near the Liverpool defence on the basis of I don't expect us to keep a clean sheet against West Ham. That's got a 1-1 or a 2-2 written all over at Liverpool-West Ham this game. Both teams in form, both teams going doing well going forward. I think this has got 2-2 written all over it. Um, so I'm actually going to be waiting to see how we perform, see how Liverpool performs. So just before I even think about moving to get a 7 million defender in Trenton Robertson or Van Dijk. I think if you're going to go with any of them, it's Trent's the only option because, mm. like you say, you're not keeping no, clean sheets at the moment. I, we had this discussion. I do think Van Dijk has a headed goal on him very soon. Like he's come very close in the last two games several times. I think he's got. I think he's got a goal in him in the next. The next three games: West Ham, Tottenham, and Fulham. Van Dijk scores a goal. That's a big shout. If it if it'll be against any of them, I think it'll be against Spurs. I think West Ham and Fulham are better set piece defensively um, as a yeah. unit than Spurs. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Don't get me wrong. West Ham went on some ridiculous run early, like at the start of this season without conceding a goal from a, a, a corner. It was like over a hundred corners before we conceded a goal from a corner, nice. uh, which is quite impressive. But I don't know, like. I still like you. You can't be banking on headed goals from centre halves. Um, if you if that's what you're banking on, then you are playing I'm the wrong sorry. game. I'm sorry. Do you not remember Lundstrom? Yeah, but he wasn't that. He wasn't playing as a centre half. He was. Like... He was a centre half on FPL. <laughs> he was my <our> hero. <laughs> He was a like, like an eight. <laughs> oh, right. shut up! <laughs> but yeah, Trent's your only option because, like you say, he's playing in this new role where he's coming in uh, like is it an inverted fullback and coming inside and making those runs and he's getting those assists even when he punches a ball like he did against Leeds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's your only option. But I don't think it's worth investing seven million in him. 
I actually agree, but let's see how he plays against West Ham. I think it's worth holding out and seeing. Worth noting as well that they double in 34, but Liverpool don't double in 37 either, whereas both Man City and Man United do. Um, so this is the last double game week for Liverpool coming up in 34. That, so, United, that United double in 37 is nice. Bournemouth and Chelsea. Oh, yeah, that's lovely, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Chelsea under Frank Lampard are an absolute basket case. I mean, what, what, what a double they have in 37, by the way. City and United both away. <laughs> They'll just be staying in Manchester with their arse being red raw from the spankings they're going to get. You know what? I fully expect them to play really, really well against Man City. And then gets bounced by Man United. <laughs> and still get no points. Oh, yeah, they'll get zero points regardless. Um is Lampard's going to get a win this season? Yeah, he will. Uh, yeah. They've got Bournemouth away Bournemouth and Forest at home. Imagine they don't get a win from Bournemouth and Forest. If but, they just draw both of those games. Imagine they somehow beat Newcastle the last game of the season and Newcastle don't get top four because of it. Oh, that would be so brutal and so cruel, but so deserves for Saudi money. But yeah. <laughs> Newcastle are still in like, I don't think of them as like the new Man City. They're still in that kind of fun phase of like Man City by Rubinho. And- yeah, yeah. Well, that is exactly what came to my mind as well. That was classic. They're still in that, oh, this is quite fun. We can enjoy watching them. It'll become really stale and shit in a few years' time. But for now, it's good. Um, I reckon, give it next season. And they'll still be that, but it'll start to sort of sour. But mm. by sort of 24-25 season, that's when everyone will hate them. Yeah, totally agree. Oh, brilliant. Well, um, some fascinating midweek fixtures. We'll try and get this podcast up uh, podcast. Oh my god, my voice. Podcast uploaded ASAP so you guys have at least a few hours to listen to it before the deadline. Um, come and chat to us on Twitter. We'll be back again later this week and around Thursday, um, halfway through this game week, just to look at what our bench boosts are looking like for 34. Um, you can find us... Actually, before I wrap up, Matt, how are you lining up for this week? What, what are you thinking? Currently, the lineup is still in goal. Trippier, Ake and me as a back three. Um, Salah, Bowen, Martinelli and Elise. And then Haaland as the captain with Isaac and Eduard up front. Um, one of my Palace players has got a return. Surely. Um, why didn't I just bank on their defence? After all I said on that pod a couple of weeks ago about you're going to go for their attacking assets and not their defensive assets. They just won't concede a fucking goal. Um, At least you put your money where your mouth is. Um, I did. I, I, I did. Give you that. You put your money where your mouth is. You took the gamble. It didn't pay off. But that's basically the summary of this season. <laughs> They've 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 revert they've gone from exciting palace to classic Roy Hodgson Palace. As I said, they would, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. You can take um, the owl out of the man, but you can't I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's how I'm lining up as things stand. And I'm thinking it's probably gonna stay that way. Uh, I can't see myself making a transfer. Um and then I'll give myself more room to play with going into 34, potentially even like a minus eight, because why not? What about you? Would you consider an alternative captain this week? Um, I'm trying to think who you're going to say. Ben me. Isaac. I, I would. I genuinely would consider it, but... You're, you are in a unique position where you're just kind of in YOLO mode. 
No, but I'm not because in my curry league, I'm dangerously close to the curry zone. Right, okay. And I don't want to be paying for that end of season curry. Oh, God. How, how embarrassing. You do a, do a fancy football podcast and you're coming near the bottom of the curry league. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, we, we need to get you out of that. Right. Do you want me to take over your FPL team and your decisions from now on? I think <laughs> this curry league, the standard is very high. Um, so. You want me to seriously? I need. I feel like I need to step in here for you. Just copy my team, copy my moves. It's clearly working better this season than yours. I'm currently about three fifty ish, uh, so I've jumped up on the ranks as well. I'll probably. I'm looking to get top one hundred k. But yeah, how's your curry league looking? Uh, I'm like seventy points clear of the curry zone. Oh, you're fine then. So you I should be okay. Well. But um, I don't want to. I don't want to go too. The guy below me, who's actually only about six points below me, he has still got he he's still got a wild card, triple captain, and bench boost. Oh bloody hell! <laughs> so, and a couple of people below me have still got like a uh, bench boost or triple captain or a wild card. So, like, there's people that have still got. Don't get me wrong. As you get further down, people have still got like they've used most of their stuff. But like the guy who's seven, who's sixteenth out of seventeen has only used a free hit and a wild card. But he didn't even use his wild card in the first half of the season. <laughs> so his wild card was in 29. <laughs> God's sake. Casuals, <laughs> filthy casuals. The thing <laughs> is, though, if people have got that triple captaincy going into 34 of Haaland, that can be big. That could really, really. Well, I was looking at that Haaland in 34, but also 37, Marcus Rashford or Bruno Fernandes could be. A Not player. Bruno, Tom. Stop saying it. <laughs> Stop trying to convince yourself. Stop you did this a couple of weeks. Ago. You did this a couple of weeks ago. You're saying now that Rashford's out, Bruno's got a haul. No, Tom, that's not how it works. I still have faith. Um, <laughs> he needs to come good, right? He's got to come good. It's like as soon as I move, I had faith with Darwin for so long. As soon as I moved him out, bang, two goals and an assist. Like I need to just keep the faith with Bruno. So. Maybe I captain Bruno in 34. No, I don't do that. That's ridiculous. Uh, maybe versus Tottenham, that could be... I, I think Haaland is the captain choice, right? Arsenal yeah. are conceding goals. He's going up against Rob Holding. I mean, come on. Haaland is the captain choice. I'm just looking at one of my mate's teams and, oh my God, how is he above me? <laughs> yeah, this is just awful. Apparently he said it was good until he wildcarded and then it just went shit. I'm like, he's got... Mings and Konza in defence. <laughs> Mings has been really good. You're true, but he's got Somerville. Uh, this one paid off this week. He's got Gibbs White. What? And he got 12 this week. Tiago. <laughs> <laughs> this is someone you're losing to. Chilwell and James. <laughs> and Bruno. <laughs> And then his front three, which we will all return this week, is Kane, Tony, and Ian Acho. <laughs> I told you, Ian Acho, Ian Acho, he's the future. The next three games, oh. Ian Acho is going to go off, and I'm calling it. Right, guys, that is all we've got time for. Um, I'm going to go and slip my wrists. Playing at, you can find us on Twitter at Big at the Back. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom is at Tom Madden 92 I'm at Higgins92. Uh, I won't be active on Twitter anymore because I'm going to go and kill myself. <laughs> Tiago, no, no, one, one, one. <laughs> he's, been, he's only just come back from a long-term injury as well. 
of all the players. I mean, he's only played this week because he didn't have. Yeah, he's not. He must be bench fodder, but still, it makes me want to cry. I mean, <laughs> brilliant. Well, on that cheery note, we're off. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast on Thursday-ish uh, before the new game week starts. They are turning around very, very quickly. Get your transfers in now. Um, why wait and why risk it? Because the deadline is on Tuesday at six o'clock. Otherwise, good luck and we'll speak to you in a few days.